Would you help me welcome uh, our campuses in Sandy and Vancouver and those joining us online? Would you help me do that? Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. It is really good to see all of you here today. Uh, happy Sunday to you. And every uh, Sunday here at Abundant Life Church is an exciting Sunday. Would you not agree with me? It is. It is. But today is even more exciting because I have this incredible opportunity and privilege of introducing to you uh, my successor and his wife. And if you've been following anything that's been going on here around Abundant Life, you know that we're in this transition season. And about two years ago, I began talking to my own elder team about our transition. And so we began praying and just working through that process up until the first of this year when things began to move a little bit quicker and, and praying for and asking God to direct me to the person that I believed he was raising up to be here and to take this place. And and at the same time, God is working in the lives of, of other people to, to allow lives and, and ministries and all of that to intersect. And so I'm so grateful today to introduce to you Jeremy and Michelle Jernigan. And Anne, would you come up too, please, with them? I get to hug you again here. <laughs> Michelle, God bless you. So I am so, so grateful that these guys are here and are, are part of Abundant Life family. They, actually, Jeremy started on staff just Monday and uh, began the process of leading our staff. And he's going to be sharing his first message on September the 10th when we start a, a brand new series. And there's so, so many things that I could tell you about these guys. Uh, God has just worked in their lives in some phenomenal ways, and he's been working in the life of this church in some phenomenal ways as well. And he's allowed all of these it-just-so-happened kind of moments to take place in this season. And, and I know you know that there's lots of you know, mixed feelings about transition and all of that, but I, I've got to tell you, just seeing how God has worked in the process has just given such peace to us about the transition and such a sense of excitement for our church family and for Jeremy and Michelle as, as they take the leadership of this church. And so I just know God has great things in store to write chapter 2. And I've asked Jeremy, if you would, just to share a few thoughts with you guys, and, and then you'll get a chance to appreciate them again. So would you do that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, it is so great to be with you guys. Uh, this has been months and months for us of preparation and dreaming and discussing and, and stepping out in faith uh, one step at a time. And so to get to be here with you guys today is truly special for us. And, uh, and so I want to say two things that I shared with the staff this week of, about you know, things that are, are, are uh, heavy on my mind right now and things that I'm focusing on is that there's two sides of a coin that I see. The, the first side is that we, we believe we are coming to a healthy church. And so we have already experienced the health of this church. You guys have so loved our family. You have so welcomed us. Uh, we have been the recipients of that already. And, uh, and it's just amazing to see what God has been doing with the legacy that he has built from these two. And, and we, get to, we get to be a part of that now. And, and so it is truly a joy to, to be a part of the health of this community. And, and we were immediately drawn to this. Uh, and as soon as we started talking, it was like, this is, this is where God has is, is been pulling us and preparing us for. Um, and so there's, there's that one part that I hold in, in one hand. And, and the other hand, I hold the other side of that coin, which is that I believe that this is not a one-chapter church. 
I believe that God is not going, well, great job, now we're done, wrap it up, let's move on to something else. But that God is saying, hey, build on this. Keep dreaming, keep imagining, keep opening your hearts and your minds to what God is gonna do next. When I look at this community, I look at the Portland area, I just see so many amazing possibilities of what God can do, and and we feel so grateful and just so fortunate to be a part of it with you guys. And so we are incredibly excited, we're dreaming big dreams, and we are so grateful to be a part of this community with you. Yeah, amen. So guys, would you help me welcome these guys? Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> now, you know, I, I really am excited. I was driving into church this morning, and the song that came on the radio was this song that we've used here quite often. It's called The God of the City. And in this song is this phrase, greater things have, have been done, greater things are yet to come. And I thought, God, that is so appropriate. I haven't heard that song in a long time. And that's the song that was actually playing on the radio this morning as I drove in. And I just said, God, thank you for that. Because that's, that message just resonates with what we're talking about and where we are today uh, in introducing Jeremy and Michelle. And so thank you so much for the warm welcome. And, and again, I really am excited to see how God continues to work in all of our lives, to work in this church, to work in our lives and our future and, and all of those kinds of things. Now, today we are quickly wrapping up this series that we started years and years ago called Masterpiece, okay? <laughs> I know it probably feels like it, but today's part eight, so we've been in it for seven weeks. This is week eight, and next week we're going to finish it. And, and today, as, as always uh, that I've done in this series, I want you to repeat after me this phrase, and those of you at our campuses I want you to do it as well with great enthusiasm and excitement, okay? And so, so here's the phrase. Today is a gift given by my creator. And what I do with it is my gift back to him. Therefore, I will make it a masterpiece. How many of you about have that memorized by, by now? You know, something like that, okay? Every time I do it, it comes out a little bit differently. But, but you get the idea. And I want you to believe that every day is a gift that God has given to you. And, and we, I, I believe in a sense we owe it back to God to make the best of it that we can and to give it back to him as a gift and say, God, this is a masterpiece. I lived to my potential. I lived to my capacity. I did the best I could do today. And so I'm offering it back to you as this gift. And so in this series, we've talked about a, a number of different kinds of things that go into the makeup of a masterpiece kind of day. Now to today, as we continue in this series, I'm gonna talk about a topic that's it's a little bit sticky, okay? It's a little bit touchy, and, and one that some of you might even wonder, why would you even talk about that in church? And so what I'm talking about is your physical well-being. In other words, your physical health, taking care of the body that God has given to you. Because I believe that in order for us to truly make every day a masterpiece, eventually your body has to come into the equation somewhere. Because wherever you go, there it is, okay? And I just happen to believe that it's either going to hinder you or it's going to help you 
in this mission that God has given to you, in this purpose that you have on this earth, okay? You're not just here to take up space, and you're not here just to, to you know, to, to be worthless, but, but God has given you a purpose and a mission, and you've discovered your values, and you want to live those out and all that stuff. Well, your physical body has a part to, to play in that whole process, but yet today, what we see in, in, in America and in, in this country and, and all around is that seven out of 10 Americans are severely overweight today. 80 million Americans are diabetic or pre-diabetic. Worldwide, obesity kills as many people as malnutrition. Now, my intent today, it's not to make anybody feel guilty. We're all on a journey, and, and we're all trying to develop and grow and <clears throat> become the best people that we possibly can be. But I want to encourage you today. I want to challenge you, and I want to encourage you to consider this aspect of your life. Give me just a second. <clears throat> okay. And so I want to encourage you in this aspect of, of your life to, to consider your physical well-being in, in the makeup of your days so that they can be a masterpiece. Now, why do that? Why should I be concerned about my physical body in, you know, in, in this context of what we're talking about. Let me give you some reasons, some things that I'm sure maybe you've thought of some of these, others you may not have. But here's the first one. My body is a gift from God. I don't know if you've ever seen your physical body in that light or not, but your body is a gift from God. Just as every day I've had you to, or every Sunday I've had you to repeat this phrase, uh, today is a gift from my creator. Well, guess what? Your body is a gift from your creator. And I want you to see it from that perspective. Now, you might be thinking, what? You know, this old thing is what he gave? That's a gift? Well, let me, let me just say this. Maybe the one you have now is not the gift that he gave to you. M you know, maybe it, what you have now is because it was according to your desire and not his desire. And, and so maybe what you've got now is a little bit differently. But the reality is, it's a gift that God has given to you. I want you to read with me Psalm 139, verse 13. Uh, and all of our campuses, let's read this together. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You see, God was intricately involved in the creation of you. And when he allowed you to have life and gave you birth and you a physical body, your body is a gift from God. Make no mistake about it, it's a gift from God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, let's read this together. Do you not know that your bodies you have received from God? Do you not know that? And so how different would it be every day if we were to, in some way or another, when we get up, to acknowledge, God, thank you for this day, and thank you for the health and the strength that you've given to me. And I acknowledge that, that my body is a gift from you, and I'm going to use it in such a way that brings honor to you. So, so first off, it's a gift. Here's the second thing. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. My body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. I don't know that you've ever really stopped to think about that much, that, that God chose that when you chose to follow Jesus and he indwells you, he indwells you with his Holy Spirit. And he chooses your body to, to indwell. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 and 20, let's read this together. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You can't get a whole lot clearer than that. God says, listen, I've put my spirit in you, and I want you to honor me with your body. 
Honor me with the body that I've given to you. Here's, here's number three. My body is my responsibility. My body is my responsibility to take care of. I love what Mickey Mantle said when he said, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. I, I love that statement, and every time I see it, I think of my mother. My mom is 98 years old, and she's still going pretty strong. And, and my goal is to, to uh, outlive, you know, I'm go past her. I, I, I think she's probably going to make 100. We'll, we'll find out. But my goal is to go to 100. But when I think about this, if I had known I was going to live so long, I would have taken better care of myself. I sometimes want to say to my sister, and who, who kind of cares for my mom, and, and I want to say to my mom, quit eating the mess and the junk that you're eating, my gosh, because my sister has this regular regimen, and my mom loves it, uh, of food that she eats each week. So, for example, today's Sunday, she's going to get pancakes from McDonald's. And then, uh, you know, tomorrow being Monday, she'll probably get chicken McNuggets from McDonald's. And then on Tuesday, she'll get uh, some mess from Cracker Barrel, okay? There's all these unhealthy places that she's eating, all this junk. And I would say, Mom, you got to quit eating this stuff. It's going to kill you. It's going to kill you. But she's 98 years old, so what, what, can, I, what can I say? I think she's an anomaly. I, she's an anomaly. But, but my body is my responsibility. In, in Psalm 127, it says, it's senseless for you to work so hard from early morning until late at night. God wants his loved ones to get their proper rest. You see, rest is a part of having a healthy body. I know there are people, I've talked to people who say, I don't need to get eight hours of sleep. I don't need seven hours of sleep. I run fast and I run hard and I can get by with four hours of sleep. Well, you know, maybe, maybe not. But I, I do know that God wants you to, to get proper rest. And, and so God gave it to me. His Holy Spirit lives in it. And it's my responsibility to take care of it. Here's number four. My health impacts every other area of my life. My health impacts every other area of my life. You, you can escape a lot of things that might harm you. For example, if you work at a place where it's hazardous to your health, then you can change jobs. If, if you have somebody who's out to get you and wants to hurt you, then you can keep your distance from that person. If, if you may move out of state to another state where there's more sun and less rain. I remember Roy Lawson, who put the, the, uh, the uh, seed in my heart to even start a church. He's from Oregon. And, and he planted a church right here in Tigard. But he ended up having to actually leave Oregon because it wasn't good for his health. And so he had to leave for a sunnier climate, <laughs> to which I say to, to Jeremy and to Michelle, hey, welcome to Oregon, you know. But, but anyway, you can, you can leave that. But, but one thing you cannot leave is your body, okay, because you go, wherever you go, there, there it is. You're stuck with it. And, and so you and I have to, to understand that it's our responsibility to take care of our body. Here's number five. Uh, my health determines the quality and the length of my life. My health determines the quality and the length of my life. Let me ask you, uh, if you were to have a, a show dog, by, by any chance, does, does anybody here own a, a show dog? You put it in shows or anything? Well, you know, if you did have one, would you get in the habit of feeding it ding-dongs? Probably not. Probably not. What if, what if you had a thoroughbred racehorse? I mean, what's a thoroughbred racehorse cost these days? 
millions of dollars probably, I don't know. But uh, can you imagine having a thoroughbred racehorse and, and then, you know, you, you, you take it out running and then when it comes back, you know, you give it a shot of whiskey? You know, you, you, you wouldn't do that, would you, to a thoroughbred racehorse? Well, well, why would you mistreat your own body? Can, can I just ask, aren't, aren't you more valuable than a horse? You know, are, are you not more valuable than a dog? You know, I, I, I won't even ask cats because we all know the answer to that question. But, but, but you, you get the point of, of what I'm saying here. And, and, so, and so it's your responsibility and mine and to take care of it. And, and my health determines the quality and the length of my life. And all of that. Now, I know sometimes we think, yeah, but I deserve. I, de- I deserve to, to, to kind of eat what I want. I work hard and I exercise and all that stuff. I deserve to eat. You know, I, I remember, honestly, about a year ago, a little over a year ago now, my wife and I made the decision that since we're getting a bit older, that we were going to be really focused to take care of our health because we wanted to enjoy the latter years of our life. We realized that's yet a long ways off, but we still wanted to, to get a good running start at it. And, and so we decided that we were going to get serious about being healthy. And you know what we did the night before? Because we thought we deserved this. And so we went out to eat, and we basically went to eat the worst things that we could possibly eat. <laughs> and, so, and so we went to, we went to uh, Claim Jumper. Now, I love Claim Chomper. I think it's a great restaurant, and, and I go there often, but typically anymore when I go, I get a filet mignon, okay? I get the best cut of meat and all that stuff, just in case anybody's wondering. And, and so I, um, I do that. But that night, that, that night before we start this, this program, it's like, you know what we got? We got the Widowmaker Burger. <laughs> it's probably the worst thing that you could eat, you know? We did cut it in half, okay? At least we had enough sense about ourselves to cut it in half. But then, but then after that, we left there and, and went to get dessert. And, and then, <laughs> because the dessert aren't big enough there, claim job, but we went somewhere else. No, my favorite dessert is, um, is um, Red Robin. And, and so we went to Red Robin. And, and so we get there, and, and you know where I had to eat? And no, not, not, you're right, thank you, thank you. No, not, not Red Robin, it's Applebee's. Thank you for correcting me. <laughs> My apologies to the good people at Applebee's. And so we get there, and you know what we had? My favorite dessert, the triple chocolate meltdown. And I tell you what, that is so good. It's so good. And, and honestly, I've been known to actually lick the plate in the restaurant. I have no shame whatsoever. But we did this the night before. Why? Because we deserve to do this, you know? And so, you know, we, we can kid ourselves, we can fool ourselves, we can rationalize and all this stuff and say, well, I deserve this, I deserve that, or whatever. And I'm not saying that you don't ever eat some, some, some junk like that, but, but, but let me ask you this. Think about this for just a second. Do you not also deserve to treat your body well? Just change the perspective. Do you not deserve to treat your body as best you can possibly treat it. Here's number six. My good health is easier to maintain than it is to regain. My good health is a whole lot easier to maintain it than it is to regain it. How many of you here have ever been on an exercise program? Raise your hand. Okay, 10 of you. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> My goodness. Come on, this is, this, this is the, the audience that participates, right? Okay. How many of you have ever been on an exercise program? All right, yeah. And so how many of you have ever been on one, and then you go off of it for like six months, and then you come back, and you realize, oh, my gosh, I can't believe how hard this is. 
and I've gotten so much weaker, and I don't have near the breath that I used to have, and all that stuff, and, and you just lose it so much faster. And what I've read is that, you know, it, it's hard to break a bad habit. I've read it's also hard to break a good habit. And so get in the habit of taking care of yourself because it's easier to maintain than to regain. Now, in this series, what I've been talking to you about is, is this. Make big decisions one time and then learn to manage them on a daily basis. I hope and I pray that you'll make the decision that your physical health is of value to you and that you'll make that decision and then learn to manage it on a daily basis. Now, how do you do that? How do you manage the discipline of good health? Let me give you some suggestions. Here's the first one. I must make the decision to understand and follow healthy guidelines daily. I need to make the decision to understand and then to follow healthy guidelines daily. In this series, I, at the start, I gave you three words that if you can learn this formula, it will help you in all areas of your life. The first word was the word decision. Because God's given you and me the freedom to choose. And so make decisions about what's important to you. But once you make the decision, you have to move into action. Because you know as well as I do that just because you've made the decision, that doesn't change anything. You have to move into action. And then once you've made the decision to move into action, you have to exercise. Anybody know what that last one is? Discipline. You have to exercise discipline. This is no truer than in what we're talking about right now when it comes to uh, desiring to have good physical health. Now, I also, and so that applies exactly to what I'm talking about. So make the decision to understand and follow. That's the action part healthy guidelines on a daily basis. Discipline is the ability to give yourself the command and obey it consistently, to do it daily. Then I gave you three other words that, again, I want you to remember what these words are because they'll help you when you get to this place of discipline. The first word that I gave you was stop. Because God's given you and me the freedom to make decisions, I think in exercising discipline in making those decisions, there are times where you ought to stop, just, just stop before you act, and challenge. Challenge the decision that you are about to make. And again, when it comes to this issue of, of our physical health, this is very important. But stop and challenge. For example, in other areas of life, stop and challenge, is this the best use of the money that I have? Or should I spend it on this? Or should I save it? Are these the best words I could speak to my spouse right now? Or should I speak different words to him or her? Is this the best thing to do toward that idiot driver? Or should I challenge that and do something else? How many of you, your life would just be better off if you would stop and challenge what you're about to say or about to do before you do the final thing and then choose? You may, you may make the wrong choice. How many of you have ever stopped and challenged and you did the wrong thing anyway? Okay, right. why is that? It's because we're human beings. That's why. And, and we do that. But at least when we get to this place where we're talking about um, all of these things we're talking about, if you'll stop 
and challenge it, at least you're raising your level of awareness and your, and your consciousness about it, and you're being more proactive in ordering your day as opposed to just being reactive to everything. Because as I've said to you, it's so easy to live life by default as opposed to by design. And when you and I will say, okay, God's given me the freedom to choose, to make decisions, and, and I can decide whether I'm going to move into action or not and whether I'm going to exercise discipline. And, and I can make the decision. I'm going to stop and think about this decision and challenge this and make sure it's the best thing before I do it. And if you and I will begin to just exercise those kinds of freedoms that God has given to us, then it goes a long way in helping you to develop uh, a, great, a great day and a day that's a masterpiece. Solomon said in Ecclesiastes, he says, whatever your hands find to do, do it with all of your might. And so there's this idea of, of bringing your awareness to that and your consciousness to that to where I want to do the right thing as opposed to just doing the easy thing or the path of least resistance. Here's number two. I must determine my why. Again, we're talking about managing the discipline of, of being healthy. I must determine my why. Why is determining your why important? The reason, yeah, for motivation and all of that, but, but think about this for a moment. When you lose your why, you'll lose your way. You've got to figure out why you want what you want. For example, why do I want to have a growing, close relationship with God? Why do I want to get up early in the morning and pray to God as opposed to sleeping in? Why do I want to save money as opposed to spending it? Why do I want to get out of debt? Why do I want to have a relationship with my spouse that will go until death parts us? Why? Why do I want to treat my body well? You've got to figure out why you want to do that. And the reason is because when it gets difficult, how many of you agree that it's, that it's hard to do the right thing? I, th I think it is. I, I just I think it's hard. That's the reason people take the path of least resistance. It's the easiest thing to do. And so when you make the decision to do the right thing, sometimes the road's going to be really long, and sometimes the hill's going to be really steep, and sometimes there'll be people who walk into your life and say, why are you doing that? Why do you go to the gym every day? Or why do you, you know, watch so carefully what you eat? And all that stuff. And, and they, they, kind of, they, they, they plant this little seed of doubt in your life. And it's like, yeah, yeah you know, you're right. I'm not sure why I'm doing that. <laughs> you're right. I think I'm just going to quit doing that. You know, and, and so your why has to be strong enough. Why? Because willpower doesn't last. How many of you discovered willpower does not last? It doesn't. That's, that's why so many people have gone on diets and they go off. They go on and off, on and off. Go to church, stop going to church. Go to church, stop going to church. You know, and, and in, all that stuff. Why? It's because willpower doesn't last. You need why power. In fact, my, my, my own coach said to me, he says, your why ought to make you cry. Your why ought to make you cry. In other words, it's so, you're so emotionally attached to it and has such meaning to you that whatever comes along, I'm going to stay faithful to why I want to do this. 
And, and I'll tell you, one of, the, one of my whys for wanting to be as uh, healthy physically as I can, and their names are Maisie, Cutler, and Gleason, my grandchildren. And, and so I'm 62 years old, and so, you know, by the time 62, 72, 82, when I'm, you know, 20 years from now, we know when she's like, you know, what is she, she's 10, 20, she'll be 30 years old, you know? How cool would it be to be healthy, to be able to spend, you know, fun times with my grandkids, Right? That's a why that a lot of you have that, that you've never really thought about, but that's one reason. And I've got a whole list of whys, but that's one of the, the key reasons. So you've got to determine your why, because if you don't, you'll easily lose your way. Listen to Paul's why in these verses in, in, um, in the book of Acts. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by my Lord Jesus the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. You see his why? And there he says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for what? I want to finish. I want to finish the work assigned to me. That's, that's his why. This next verse in your, in your, in your life notes and, and right here. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Why? Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. What's his why? His why is, I want to be a good example. If I'm going to preach to others, I want to be a good example so that I won't be disqualified for the prize. He's just saying, I want to lead myself well. I want to lead myself well. How many of you have discovered that you are the hardest person you will ever lead in your entire life? <clears throat> you are. I mean, you think it's your husband. No, it's not your husband. Or, no, or you might think it's your, your wife. It's not your wife. You might think it's your kids. It's not your kids. You are. Look in the mirror when you get home and say, you are the hardest person I've ever led in my entire life. You are. And, but you know what else is true? You're the most important person you'll ever lead. Because, because, listen, if you and I can't lead ourselves, what gives us the right to try to lead anybody else in anything? And I'm not saying that any of us is going to be perfect because we're not, but, but you understand what I'm talking about. Here's number three. And this is important to manage our, our why, our, our, this discipline. Number three, I must accept my worth. I must accept my worth. It's so important for you to understand how worthy you are, how important you are, how special you are if you're going to be consistent in following through on these values, and especially this one we're talking about today. I love this verse to go back to Psalm 139. Let's read this again and at our campuses. Let's read this together. I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. How different would you treat yourself if every day you woke up, you would reflect over something like this. God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I praise you, God, for that. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it so very well. Do you know that very well? Because, honestly, one of the reasons people misuse their bodies is because of the, the self-image they have. And they think so poorly of themselves, it leads to all kinds of devastation, everything from, from, uh, from harmful, uh, abusive behavior to, to uh, overeating. It leads to all of that. We do so much because of what we think about ourselves. Listen to what Dr. George's brother says. She said a very important thing. An individual's self-concept affects every aspect of human behavior. The ability to 
learn, the capacity to grow and change, the choice of friends, mates, and careers. It's no exaggeration to say that a strong, positive self-image is the best possible thing for success in life. A strong, healthy self-image. What do you think of yourself? You see, so many times we're governed by what we've been told by authority figures, maybe earlier in life, that you don't have what it takes. You know, who do you think you are? You know, you, you're, you've always failed. You're always well. Or you've told yourself these things, and you've learned to live by that. What would happen if you and I switch that and believe about ourselves what God says about us? Wouldn't that change how you treat yourself? Sure. And, and our, the reality is, if you and I can't respect ourselves, then you're not going to respect other people. That's just the reality. So what does God say about you? This is what he says. Let's read this together. For we are God's masterpiece. Turn to somebody close to you and say, you are a masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. And, and the reality is, some of you, you don't believe that. You don't believe that. But I want you to believe it because when God created you, he created you to be a masterpiece. He created you to be very special. And when you understand that, when you really buy into that, then you'll treat yourself differently. You'll treat yourself differently. You'll respect yourself. Not, not worship yourself, but you'll respect yourself. Here's number four. I must find my pace. If you're going to manage this discipline, you've got to find your pace. What I mean by that, some of you, you, some of you are just like little steady plotters, and you're just real slow, and, and, if, and, and you maybe don't live up to your capability, and, and you become lazy. How many of you would say, yep, that's me? Okay, good. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that. Yes, bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Okay? And then some of you, some of you are like fast-paced people. I mean, you run, 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 and you're living way beyond your capacity, and you're just about ready to have a heart attack or burnout. Raise your hand. Yeah, bless you and bless you and bless you. And so you've got to figure out what your pace is. What am I? I'm a slow-paced person. I really am. I'm slow-paced, and if I gave in to my natural inclination, I would sit on the couch and eat ding-dongs all day and watch TV. And so I don't give in to that. I don't give in to that. I, I try to find a pace that p- finds the balance to where I'm going to live up to my potential without, and so that I can avoid laziness. For the rest of you, you may be running too fast, and you need to slow it down, or you're going to burn out or suffer some other kind of uh, heart attack or something like that. And so you've got to find your pace. Here's number five. I must learn to laugh more. I must learn to laugh more. One of the reasons I like to have people laugh every so often in a sermon like this is because it's good for you, okay? It's just, it's just good for you to laugh. How many of you are old enough to remember Reader's Digest, okay? And do you remember laughter is the best medicine? Isn't that great? I mean, I think that, that is so much truth to just learning how to laugh, and it's so important. And if you can learn to laugh at yourself, my goodness, you'll never run out of material. And so... <laughs> You'll always have something to laugh at. Honestly, learn to laugh at yourself. Listen, get over yourself, okay? Get over yourself because a lot of people got over you a long time ago. And so just don't take yourself so seriously. Other people don't. And so we're in this process of transitioning our offices right now uh, with Jeremy coming in and, and me kind of transitioning out. And so uh, I, we're working, we work in the same office right now. And uh, the first day I walked into that office this past uh, Monday, I think it was, somebody on our staff took this picture, and this is what I walked into in our office. 
<laughs> there's all these little kids, you know, and, and so, you know, there's all the pastoral staff. There's Josh and Garth and Dave and Jeff and Mike and Don, and, and there's uh, Scott and, and Robbie. And, uh, and then right here in the middle is George and Jeremy, you know, right here. And when I first, I was sitting at my desk and I looked at this thing, and I just looked at it and just kind of smiled and, and laughed a little bit. But then I looked a little bit closer, and I looked at Jeremy and me. And, and if you look a little closer, you see he's got his arm, you know, holding onto my arm. It's like, that is just creepy, okay? That's, that's creepy. And then I look back, I mean, he looks like a stalker, and, and, and he, looks, he looks like a creeper too. But anyway, I thought that was so funny, and I love it that we have an environment in our office that they felt comfortable to do that and that we could laugh. And, you know, Jeremy talked about Abundant Life being a healthy church and a healthy culture. I think one of the reasons is we learn to laugh. Learn to laugh more, okay? In fact, Proverbs 17:22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Here's number six. I must determine my best way to deal with stress. How many of you have discovered that life can just be stressful? It really can be. And so you've got to figure out what's your best way to deal with stress. Mine is, is physical activity, and that's one of the reasons I go to the health club so that I can deal with stress. It's my best stress reliever. My other one is because I'm always having to do things with my brain and schedules and stuff like that. I, in order for me to deal with stress, I have to stay on top of my schedule because if I get behind it, I get very stressful. If I'm on top of it, I feel good, and I'm okay. And the third thing is, because I'm a follower of Jesus, I lean into God often. I, I talk with God a lot through the day and, 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 and all of that, and that's how I deal. Those are the three things I do to deal with stress. And, and this is what the Bible tells us, and this is what God wants for you and me. Give all of your worries and cares to God. Why? Because He cares for you. And so one of the greatest stress relievers is, is, to, say, is to say, God, you, when you get up again, God, I give this day to you. I give every conversation to you. I give every appointment to you. I give every decision to you. I, I give all of this to you, and, and, and I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to uh, you know, get anxious about it because I know you care about me. And, and you'll begin, I believe, to feel the stress go away. But you've got to figure out what's your best way to deal with stress. Here's number seven. I must learn to eat right, okay? There's no way I can talk about taking care of your physical body without talking about eating right, okay? But I'm not going to get into a long health lesson, okay? You know how to eat right. But just in case you don't, let me just suggest a couple of things. Eat clean, eat often, eat uh, small amounts, and uh, drink a lot of water, okay? And, 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 I mean, at least start somewhere, okay? Eat properly. It amazes me, especially in church cultures, the stuff we ask God to bless, okay? I mean, stop and think about it. When we go to the restaurant and we get what we get to eat and we actually have the audacity to say, God, would you please bless the food I'm about to eat right now? It's like what we ought to be praying is, God, please forgive me. I know this is wrong, but please forgive me for eating this junk, okay? At least be honest with God. And listen, if you're having a hard time with this, Proverbs just cuts right to the chase. Let's read this together. Put a knife to your throat if you're given to gluttony, okay? It's just the Bible just has a way of cutting right to the chase. Here's the last thing. Number eight, 
is I must exercise, okay? Get up and get moving, okay? Don't be so sedentary. It's important that you exercise if you're going to take care of the physical body that God's given to you. It doesn't mean you have to be, you know, Mr. America, and you don't have to be Miss America or any of that stuff. It doesn't mean you have to hit the gym every day. Just go for a walk or something. But, but get up and move. Instead of taking the, the uh, elevator, take the stairs or something like that. But exercise, okay? I don't need to tell you that. You know that. But I just challenge you on this whole thing because I believe that the body God's given to us, again, he inhabits it. It's a gift. It's my responsibility to take care of it. And I think it just makes sense that if I want every day to be a masterpiece, and if I'm going to carry out the mission that God has given to me on this earth, it just makes sense that I take care of the body through which he wants to accomplish that mission. This is my prayer for you today in 3 John chapter 1. I love this. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. That's my desire for you. I want you to enjoy this life. We, this, we have this, this mission statement, love God, love people, love life. I pray that all may go well with you and that you enjoy good health. But you and I know, we both know, nobody drifts toward good health. You have to be very intentional about it. Just remember that, that God's blessed you with the body that he's given to you. It's our responsibility to take care of it, and let's, let's live it in such a way and use it in such a way that it brings honor and glory to God. I'm going to ask if you'd bow your head, and as we close out today, obviously the most important part of our life is the spiritual component. I realize that we only have these bodies for a short period of time on this earth, and that God's prepared a new body for us in heaven, and that we will spend eternity with him. But the reality is he's given us the opportunity and the privilege to live on this earth. And the greatest thing you and I can do in this life is to receive the gift of his son, Jesus Christ, and to choose to follow him in all areas of our life. I'm going to ask if you would repeat this prayer after me today. And this, for some of you, could be a prayer of recommitment. For others of you, it might be a prayer of accepting Jesus for the first time. But if that's your desire, would you pray this with me? Father in heaven, today I thank you so much for Jesus. Jesus, you are my life. You've given me eternal life. And so I choose to follow you. I ask you to be my Savior and Lord. I put all of my trust in you. I want to live for you. I pray this in your name. Amen.